Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Hello and welcome to the Mile High Hockey Lab. My name is Adrian. I'm super happy to be in front of you speaking today. Um, I am the host of this here, the Mile High Hockey Lab today. Sometimes Ezra is the host, but this time since it's just the three of us, I figured I'd take the reins as, as I won't have much to do in the background of today's show. Um, <laughs> while I have your attention, please head on over to Twitter. Follow us at, at MHH underscore lab. You can also follow just Mile High Hockey at underscore Mile High, or excuse me, at Mile High Hockey. Um, head on over to the website for all your latest and greatest avalanche news to include some of the trade talk that's that's kind of circulating um, the Avs hemisphere these days. So speaking of <laughs> trades, let's just get right into it. I'm here with Ezra and Evan. Guys, introduce yourselves real quick. Hello, hello. I I promise I'm here. I'm just college. <laughs> that's my excuse today. There you go. <laughs> uh, and I'm also here. I'm Ezra. Yeah. I had to put myself in the into the live stream. You couldn't even see me. It's just like some ghost dude talking to everybody while Ezra's Oh, no. Smiling <laughs> just while me and Evan are like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So, Little you know, maybe, maybe I got a little excited on the not producing and not and actually hosting this time. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's get right into it. We have just so much to talk about today based on kind of a few things that have happened in recent days. Um, we'll start with the Keith Kincaid trade. Uh, you know, I felt like that this was kind of an indication of where uh, Frank Francos might be in his recovery. Frank, tell me what you think of that, Evan. Do you think Frankie's maybe further back in his recovery than we were initially told? Or is this more just a bolstering goalie depth heading into the playoffs? It's an interesting analysis. It's an interesting trade. Um, I remember, I actually remember on Saturday because I was on my way to the game and I I left early in the afternoon. I saw like our Slack channel go off and I saw a channel. I was like, okay, what happened? And I see Keith Kincaid. I go, Keith Kincaid, huh? <laughs> like, okay then. Um, so like, I, I think it could be a sign of, of his injury. Right. Um, you know, he's, I know he's been in and around the team and, you know, just hasn't been on the ice um, like McCarr has or Landiscock has. Um, however, Jackie, who's not here today, um, she brought up a great point about how it could have to do with like waivers and like moving players up and down between yeah. like the AHL and NHL level. Cause I mean, you've obviously got, you've got Johansson, you've got Anunin, and they've already used a lot. They've, they've been moved up and down a lot already, you know? Okay. Yeah. And, at least for Johansson's sake, he he would probably get claimed because he's already been claimed multiple times by multiple mm-hmm. different teams, abs included. So it could I think it could be a mix of both, you know? And I don't I don't think we haven't we have not heard many updates, I think, from Bednar when it comes to Francois's injury. So it's kind of hard to tell, at least for now. It's just like it's just another another depth signing. Nothing very exciting, at least it seems like from from this front. Yeah, and, and- Ezra, do you agree with that? Or do you think like maybe Kincaid brings more to the table than we might be aware of? Yeah, you know, I think I think I did I do recall Bednar saying something about um Frankie still being on track and it not being anything longer than the initial timeline. But I I also I'm speculating here, I don't know anything, but you know, he he's been in and out of the lineup with whatever this lingering lower body injury is. And maybe there's something here where we're looking at a situation where they they're like, yeah, he he'll be back, but also he could get injured again real quick with this thing. So yeah. so just having some insurance makes sense. I don't think we'll see Kincaid at the NHL level. I think he's the fourth goalie on the depth chart, uh, and he that he shouldn't show up. Um, but uh, when I say fourth, I mean with Franco's out, fifth total. Right. Um, uh, so you know, I I just think it's 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 better in depth for the AHL, not better in depth for the NHL. Uh, my expectation anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say actually add on on the adding on to that point because Ezra makes a great point. 
it could also simply just be a move to give Anunin some more veteran presence in the in the AHL huh. because he is obviously the guy, I guess you could say, put in quotations, um, when it comes to, you know, a good Avs prospect who could turn into a regular, you know, right. down the line. Um, Kincaid will give him some some lessons and some some valuable teaching skills, things like that. Something that Johansson just, you know, probably isn't capable of giving a new name. Um, Kincaid has that veteran experience. So, um, and that, even if that Johansson is point. capable of it, he's in the NHL right now. So exactly. And that's to yeah. have Kincaid there. Mm-hmm. So, so it, that makes a great point. So I'll, yeah, I just wanted to add on that. Based yeah. on, based on that. And I feel like, I feel like the answer to this next question is going to be yes. But based on the fact that he's not really like somebody who's going to really play in the NHL is, was it worth, exchanging Shane Bowers in that and I'll start with you this time Ezra like do you think it was just time to move on from the Bowers experiment or uh you know, was it worth was it the right piece I guess to send for a veteran goalie it's interesting I feel like with with Bowers and Cal both moving on it's it's kind of uh like the abs are saying okay look we're gonna reset what we're doing with our prospects like yeah these guys who are maybe a little disgruntled maybe a little unhappy just because they haven't gotten the opportunity that they want or that the opportunities that they have gotten haven't gone well let's move on from them let's keep the environment positive let's let's bring up some new young players uh, is Bowers worth losing for just an AHL backup that's that's a little tougher for me to say yes to but if the answer to if, if if it makes a better environment and i'm not saying that i know anything about bowers being negative i'm just saying guys <laughs> who are 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 more uh 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 you know excited to to be there and have their their eyes wide open might be a, a better mix for bringing up somebody like olausen than guys who have maybe uh you know not gotten the opportunities that they wanted and and are have a little bit of underlying unhappiness whether they're expressing it or not yeah that seems like an astute observation like all of the guys that that were kind of like tweeners in that prospect pool seem to have either fallen and found themselves in the as a part of the lineup in, or have been moved on from which i don't mm-hmm. know evan do you think that that's the case do you think it's just kind of like they're washing their hands of, of sort of like an era of prospect experiments i i think it, it could fall into that category i mean when you've already seen it with Cout moving on um same here with bowers i mean I, I think Bowers' story, particularly this season, will be a big what if. What if he wasn't injured a minute into yeah, his debut? Yeah. Because he definitely would have featured for point. the Avs a lot in that December, maybe January stretch. Um, how would he have done? Because obviously that was the big talking point before he played his one minute of NHL time so far mm-hmm. was, you know, how how is he going to do once he finally gets up to that NHL level? Cause he's been working at that for years with this abs organization. Right. And, and it was such a good minute. You know? It was such a good minute. Oh. And so <clears throat> that leaves a big, what if, and <laughs> excuse me. And, you know, I think it, it does kind of seem like a, a moving on point at least, but then yeah. again, um, you know, it's just kind of a shame. I feel like I, I wish they'd maybe, looked elsewhere for somebody to move but i really don't know who else they would have really gone with to be honest i mean they want to keep bocage they definitely want to keep olausen like you're not going to move any of those guys um food foodie you're not going to move like maybe bowers was just kind of the odd man out when it came to that scenario and i'm also with ezra was like i don't know if it was worth it for it for a backup yeah that's why i asked the question because it's kind of like I don't mind moving on from Bowers. That's not really the question that I have or the thing I have an issue with. It's more, more, I don't really have an issue. It's not a big deal, but it's, just, it feels like maybe Shane Bowers could have been exchanged or could not have been exchanged in this scenario. Like there, there may have been other options. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, Evan. Maybe it was just like, that's, that's all that there was to pick from. And so that's, that's who went, but it just doesn't feel like a fourth goalie is as pressing a need to move on from Bowers for um, I almost would have liked to see him in the piece for maybe another defender we'll get into the defense trade and talk later on um, <laughs> yeah but I, can I can I make a point yeah I was just gonna ask yeah. you does that af- how does that affect the prospect pool in your mind if at all and and then yeah get into what you were gonna say there yeah I mean I I think it is kind of a hit to the prospect pool because I mean Bowers, Bowers, I don't like. He wasn't gonna break out and be in the team next year. I right. don't think, unless something drastic happened with the Avs bottom six. Um, 
I think, you know, with the move, um, I definitely think the Askedolfels were maybe looking at like a lower draft pick. Um, you know, maybe something like the fifth round, I feel like probably would have been maybe suitable. Um, but then again, you know, I'm not an NHL GM. Um, <laughs> but I also I know too that the interesting thing was that Bowers he could have been used for maybe a bigger part, like a bigger deal. Like the Az really wanted saying. to go. Yeah, if they really wanted to go for Timo Meyer, even though he's a devil now. But like, you know, what if like you, you could throw Bowers in with a draft pick and a, a JT Comfer or something, right? Like yeah. if they really wanted to swing for the fences. But maybe. then again, we know right. but then again, we know we know they're not gonna do that. Like mm-hmm. Chris McFarland Josac, they're not gonna do that. And the the recent moves have kind of demonstrated that I feel like so yeah I mean you look at that package that New Jersey got that was that was not Bowers oh, is not uh, the guy yeah, with the long nose guys yeah. M, yeah. M, yeah. M, yeah. Michael Malden or something I I used to know it when I was physically reading it but but I think these trades and and the one the Jack Johnson for Andreas Engelin trade as well speak to something here that I think the Avalanche front office is not interested in moving picks right now. No. They don't have a whole lot. Um, so they're making the trades that they can make with roster players who they don't see as a long-term fit. And I think that makes sense, honestly. I, I was disappointed to see Andreas Englund go for Jack Johnson. We can get more into that in a little bit. But I'm not that disappointed to see of the things that they're letting go, uh, to see the things that they're letting go be players who probably don't have a long-term future as contributors to to uh, to the team. Uh, England may be the exception, but probably not, frankly. Right. I, I like his game, but, but he's a third-pair defender at best. Um, so, you know, I think it does make sense to, to make moves in this way. And if they saw a team that was like, hey, we actually do want Shane Bowers, and not a lot of teams were probably saying that, then it makes sense to... <laughs> To use him as your trade piece. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, this this is I mean, this is a straight AHL trade. It's not really going to affect either NHL club, really. Like, right. when you look at Boston, like Shane Bowers is not going to get into the Boston team. Yeah. him having a future in boston yeah their center depth and for next season is completely up in the air with uh yeah. n- no matter what happens this year uh bergeron Krejci could both retire uh it's possible he ends up a fourth line center in the, in, the, in boston next year but yeah you're right he's not, not very crack likely. That yeah. right now he's uh even trent frederick is better than him so you know it's not going to happen um but uh and I like Trent Frederick. He went to Wisconsin. But, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, but, I'm pretty uh, <laughs> sure he was a Badger. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I don't really like his game very much. I just you know support. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line for me is that what they're doing is maximizing their opportunity to restock the cupboard a little bit and try to take some swings in the fifth, sixth round that they you know need to take since they don't have any second or third rounders. So it, it's interesting. I think it's a good move. A good set of moves, I should say. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we've talked about this kind of in length, but the Owls aren't really in the position to make the big splash move that everybody just keeps pining for, at least on social media. It's just not. Right. Gonna, it's it's just it's not really in the cards. And if it were, I have a feeling we would look back on the deal and regret having made it. So even if you can like come to this convoluted form of a trade that makes sense in your mind i promise you it wouldn't in the long run just because the assets that the avs could afford to give uh would essentially empty the cupboard as you put it like there wouldn't be anything else beyond that and i just don't feel like you do that last year and we did do that last year (laughs) that's what they did and then they signed the guys that they went after you look over it in toronto um i will say getting mccabe um on that at that price at that value that's pretty impressive plus he's got another year but like the east they are just they are it's like an arms race over there and mm-hmm. you flash over to the west it's kind of like yeah well we're gonna go with what we got we might add a couple guys here and there but they're all gonna be depth guys and we're gonna win based on our system not on having 48 all-stars on our <laughs> roster you know what i mean so um yeah. 
I don't want to get too far off the rails on that, but like, what do you guys think of the dichotomy between like how the West is approaching the trade deadline and how the East is approaching the trade deadline? Yeah. I mean, like you said, the, the West is, or the East is an arms race right now. The West is like, I guess a fingers race. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, like a little bit here and there. they're not really going all out, but they're trying they're, the, 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 the teams in, in power positions in the West are Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, and Vegas. And they've mm-hmm. all, done little little thing here yeah the jets did right am i no they mm-hmm. did they got Nino, uh, Nino, 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 Nino Rider. Nino Rider. yeah oh Rider. yeah yeah there we go so yeah everybody's added a little something um dallas probably has more in the tank mm-hmm. colorado could maybe have something else in the works i kind of doubt it i think the big thing is landis got coming back but yeah. um but uh but yeah i don't really mind it honestly <laughs> none of the west teams are have uh lit the fuse on, on on a real arms race and they're all feeling each other out keeping pace and ultimately whoever wins the west will play whoever wins one the team east. yeah it's all that matters one team from the east so, so yeah that's what that's my that's, that's right. my thought is like oh yeah take all of the superstars out of the west and put them in the east because we'll only have to play one team in the final if it comes down to it um evan like what do you think of that do you think it, it, it should be kind of relieving for avalanche fans to see guys like o'reilly and barbashev well actually i think barbashev went to vegas so he's still in the west but you know we'll just leave it at o'reilly leaving the west leaving a division rival and going to the east like does that should that should we be optimistic or or should we be worried (laughs) it's definitely it's definitely nice because i mean first off st louis you know they're just they're they're selling see you later um and uh i think finger fingers race is really the best way to describe that but that, that, was, that was a great line uh <laughs> Thank you. but um you know i it's funny when you look at like the moves that have been made out east you've got tarasenko to the rangers and o'reilly right. to, to the maple to the maple leaves timo meyer to the devils um and meanwhile maybe the biggest and most talked about move um has been jack johnson to the colorado <laughs> avalanche uh which i know we'll get into more so we're just kind of we're giving you a little taste of it yeah but um i i think it it's it's i don't know if it's positive or negative really um i think it's going to be really interesting interesting to see the dynamic when it comes to june when it's actually the stanley cup final time yeah whether or not the abs are there or not you know it's going to be interesting because you know you're probably going to get a Rangers or a Tampa Bay um, side note that Tanner Janot package. Whoa. My Lord. They are confident. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, so, so, I mean, you're going to get a Rangers, you're going to get a Canes, you're going to get, you're going to get a, a Tampa Bay going back to the finals from the East. Right. And, and that's so interesting. You don't you know who, whoever yeah. Boston, Boston. I mean, we all know the reason why I'm not listing Toronto. Come on now. Of course. Uh, but I mean, whoever comes, whoever comes out of the East, it's going to be at on the end of a bloodbath. Yeah. Like, the East is going to be ridiculous. Well, that's the worst the, part the, is it's like you guys are leveraging all of your draft picks to keep up in this arms race, but only one of you is going to represent the East. So you better hit on damn near every single one of them because Mm -hmm. if you don't it's going to turn in four years it's going to be the exact opposite everybody in the west is going to be loaded and they're going to be making moves to bring people in at the deadline and they're going to be leveraging picks and everybody in the east is going to be like the blackhawks who have six picks six first round picks in the next three years yeah you know what i'm saying so the black the blackhawks are set for the next little while it's going to suck for the next couple of years but but they're going to get some look out those two first rounders this year, if I'm correct, are going to probably at least, of course, the first one, if it's Connor Bedard, that's going to be good. <laughs> um, I you know. And, and the draft class is so deep. Whoever you get with that second one is, is likely to play in the NHL in three or four years as well. So, I mean, things, things are looking up. And I noticed, Ezra, you were talking a little bit about the Tanner Janot trade. And we can actually – let's go into that because I'm curious as to what you guys think. Um, Tanner Janot – for Cal Foot, third, fourth, fifth in twenty twenty three, a second in twenty four, and a first in twenty five. Thoughts. My first thought when I saw this trade is, couldn't you just put Cal Foot at forward and get the same value? I don't understand. <laughs> like, how is Jenner to know that good? I I know he had a thirty five percent shooting percentage or whatever and scored twenty four goals last year, but that's not real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I, look, Tampa has a history of making these moves and they work and mm-hmm. that's great. But I just don't see Tanner Janot as a guy who is Brandon Hagel even like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'll be proven wrong because they know what they're doing, but I'm reading like trade grades and people are like, well, Tampa must know what they're doing. So be plus. Yeah. I'm like, no, grade the trade. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Give them an F. What are you doing? Right. You don't want to yeah. look stupid, I guess, but yeah. man. This, well, grade, I, this grade is crazy. I get your point though. Like with, it's not Brandon Hagel. It's not Nick Paul. Like that's, and even Nick Paul, like there's no way they knew, like you could say you knew and you saw it, but it had to come to fruition and you <laughs> were lucky. It did. It wasn't Nick Paul's like a defensively responsible center who tripped in two chips in office. Yeah. Now, that's who he was. That's a guy you get at the deadline. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Hagel, a uh, uh, top six upside forward who is solid defensively. That makes sense. Tanner Janot mm-hmm. is a guy who fights a lot. Right? <laughs> like, maybe I'm wrong about who he is. Maybe he's, yeah. there's more to his game than I'm seeing, but man, I don't get it at all. What about you, Evan? What do you think? Well, I, I was going to say talking to people in Nashville, like Janot was, he's, he's, he's still not, uh, he's he's not he's not a Philip Forsberg on that on that you know Predators line yeah. on that Predators you know lineup. So um, you know I he's rising, but for that much it's a lot. And when you have an HLGM scratching their head and saying what the beep like <laughs> like that 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 shows. And mm-hmm. you know obviously it'll be really interesting to see how he turns out in Tampa. I mean, I'm trying to think of their depth that that he's going to like what line he'd be with go like a daily face off. But you know, it, it's definitely an interesting move. And it's an, it's another one where another player leaves the the West and goes out East, Mm -hmm. just another part of the arms race. I feel like Tampa maybe got like the last pickings of maybe this arms race. Like, yeah. And they, you know, yeah. And like, you know, doesn't, you know, does not line up with like an O'Reilly or a Tarasenko or anything like that. Well, in hindsight, it feels like the Islanders and the Leafs were pretty smart to get out ahead of the market when they got Horvat for the Islanders and when they got O'Reilly for the Leafs. Because as it is now, if that Tanner no trade is setting the ask, like that's I that's I think has a lot to do with why GMs have been so outspoken about it being kind of ridiculous. Is it's like now you're <laughs> you're putting you're putting us buyers in a really really shitty place because. Yeah competitively market-wise somebody could say well look what they just gave for tanner janelle you know and it's like that is such that has to be such a frustrating thing if you're a gm to see that trade come through and and know what you know about the about the lightning too which is that they have great great players they're they're just as likely to compete for a stanley cup this year as they were last year so it doesn't really make sense for them to be like trying to make this real witty and risky move I guess it's just another flex in the long list of flexes from the Tampa Bay Lightning management. But no, we'll, absolutely. we'll move on a little bit um, just to kind of segue from, from the arms race and the finger the fingers race. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, teams in the West don't seem to be like stacking up too much. There's not a lot, not a lot of big names coming into the West. Um, and with that, I sent out a poll today because I was just kind of curious – um, and I should have worded it differently because someone had made me laugh. But essentially the poll was, how important is it for the Avalanche to win the West in the regular season? Um, the options and choices were uh, very important because home ice advantage. It's not that essential, but pretty awesome. And who cares when the central? I kind of feel like those last two are the same answer. So we'll lump the numbers together. Um, and, I, and I preface this with remember that they won every playoff series on the road. Um, or clinched every playoff series on the road. So I'll start with you, Evan. What's your answer to this question? Um, is it important to win the West and have home ice advantage, or is it more important to just win the Central? So I voted. I voted super important, but I'm kind of. I'm after voting it. I'm kind of rolling back on it okay. because obviously winning the West is great, great and all. You get home ice advantage. Get yada yada you know whatever um then again last year's team was a whole lot different than this year's team yes um so maybe that's why i considered winning the west more important this year mm-hmm. um than maybe last year um because you know i i was thinking back to the four losses that the avs had um you know last year 
two at least two of them were were at home. Let's see, it was St. Louis game two, ta- Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost one Tampa game on the road, and then they lost game five at home. At home, yeah. So yeah. so three three losses on home ice, mm-hmm. um, versus only one on the road. Like, you know that that I think that that shows the the caliper of last year's team. Um, and then this year, obviously this year is different. So it's going to be hard to predict kind of where, where it all goes. I think it would be nice to have, um, you know, um, I, I just feel like that whoever comes out of the East, just because the East has been so good that they're going to get home ice advantage, unless like a really surprising team comes out of the East, like one of the wild cards comes out and, and goes to the Stanley cup final, which imagine the Buffalo Sabres in the in the Stanley Cup final. I don't know why that just hit my head right there, but it, it did. It happens. Um, but you know, I I just feel like I it's it's important, but I don't think it's super important. I guess I would just say it would be excellent, but not essential. There you go. Um, that's what I would say. What yeah. about you guys? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I also think though, like. If they win the Central, they probably win the West. Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know. It'd be what just the map Vegas, basically. Is. They're five points but, back yeah, of Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, a struggling Vegas team right mm-hmm. now, if I remember correctly. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know. I feel like if the Avs go on the tear that stay on the tear that they've been on, which is, you know, that would be crazy to to win eleven out of every twelve points. Um, but if, if they stay on, if they stay hot like this and they keep winning, I, I think they they win both. And yeah. I, I don't see. I don't put a lot of emphasis on it. I think making the playoffs is what matters. The team is good enough to to go deep from whatever position. But, um, but uh, but yeah, I I expect either neither or both to happen. Yeah, I I agree. Like, why? I mean, what's really cool though, if you guys think about it, is like three weeks ago, our episode, one of our topics was, should the Avalanche be aiming for third in the Central? <laughs> that was like three weeks ago. And now it's like, how soon will the Avalanche be the first in the Western Conference? You know, like that's it. Really, that's, is this yeah. last road trip that made that happen, though? Mm-hmm. Because not this last road trip. I'm sorry, this last stretch with the back to backs. Because right. I thought these back to backs were going to be brutal, and they managed to oh. pick up 11 points out of, out of 12 possible. They they took these back to backs and said, "Nah, schedulers." We got coming this. back. Yeah. Shove and, it. Yeah. <laughs> Deal yeah. with it. And, and that's amazing, honestly. And and they deserve all the praise in the world for that. Um, yeah. Sorry. I cut you off. No, that's okay. You're fine. That I agree with you. Uh, and you know, I, I, it's pretty obvious. The fans agree with us too. 72% plus the 10 who said, who cares when the central of 127 voters said it's not that essential, but it would be awesome. Um, I think Evan, though, you were onto something a little bit earlier when you said, this team is different and this team might need that advantage maybe a little more than the last team did. Because if you think about it, in the event that the Avs don't win game six in the Stanley Cup final, would we have been glad and, and, and stoked to be having a game seven of the Stanley Cup final in Denver? I think so. I think we would have rather had that, right, if we had our druthers. Luckily, we didn't have to go there because it would have <laughs> been a stressful night. But very, I think – it says something, um, you know, that we it was it was their goal last year, so it means something at least to them. You know what I mean? So, I think you're onto something with with maybe this team being different than last year's, but at the same time, I'm kind of looking around, going outside of Burakovsky and Kadri, where where are they really all that different? And what you know, Rodriguez, I feel like has supplemented a lot of what a Berkey had had brought to the table. So pretty much all we're missing is that 2C. Um, that's a, a terrible segue. But... I was going to say, we're, we're back to this debate again. Yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just can – I, can, I, can I just make a quick Absolutely. comment, I guess? Um, so, yes, this team is, is di- different, I guess you put it in quotations, um, than last year's team. Um, you know, when you look at where the guys were a few weeks ago – barely in the playoff race, like hanging on Dallas and Winnipeg are going crazy at the top. They're winning, 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 winning. Now both of those teams have faltered real heavily. Um, It, it has not been good for either team. Um, Winnipeg's chances have gone down. Dallas is starting to creep down and Colorado's just been on a trend up and up. So Mm -hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where it plays out. Um, I, 
I think if if we're to set like uh not a timetable, if we're if we're gonna set like odds, I guess, like obviously first would be the best, right? Like that's that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to win the central division. Right. Um second would be okay. Like, yeah, that's fine. All right, we'll go through whoever's third in the central and have that home ice advantage. Um, but if you fall to third or you fall to the wild card spot, that's gonna be more challenging. Yeah. Um I feel like even if, you know, you get a Landeskog and a Helm back um, by that time, it's still going to be really challenging. I feel like um, everyone's going to say, oh, the Stanley Cup champions are not what they used to be. Let's punch them while they're down. And that's going to motivate teams and fans on home ice. So I I think it's just something to be aware of, really. Um, So, yeah, that's that's all I got for that. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how it shakes out. Like the West is just so weird right now. You lose if you lose five games, you might find yourself in that wild card, like you said. And if you win five in a row, you might be leading the entire conference. So that's that's where I kind of get into. Maybe it does matter more too, because who knows how these matchups are going to shake out? Like there might be some pretty funky matchups, and it might be best to just be a top. That way, you still get at least that first round. Those free eight days is. What coach said that about the abs was the Calgary Flames coach. He said, yeah, it's a waste of eight days. Yeah. Good old, good old Daryl Sutter. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we could find ourselves on the bad end of that too. So we don't, the abs don't want that to happen by any means. So basically that's, that's it for that live poll. Um, I found it interesting that, that people aren't, aren't all that concerned, but it does feel like the abs are destined really to win the West. That'll, that'll segue us into, you know, the trade that seems to be a little more controversial than I think it should be just, just in the sense that people are reacting so vigorously to each other. Um, Jack Johnson comes back to Colorado in exchange for Andreas England, a guy that I think all of us thought was showing some signs of improvement um, for a guy who we all know and love, who has Stanley Cup pedigree here and there. And brings a familiar face back to the sixth and seventh D role. I'll start with you, Ev, Evan. Sorry, I can't call you Evan. You as that'll just get real <laughs> confusing. But Evan, tell me your initial reaction to the trade and how excited are you for the return of the Jack? Yeah, I I, I understood you were talking about me. By the way, I, I can hear the difference. <laughs> yeah. but th- those are my young years. Yeah. But anyway, uh, my initial oh, reaction. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I get called a baby all the time yeah. on our Slack channel, so it's okay. Uh, my initial reaction. Um, I I saw it pop up, and I saw Peter Baugh's tweet initially. Um, literally a minute right after it sent, and said, "I'm being told Jack Johnson's being traded back." I go. All right. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you kind of bring up the the great point already of like, he has, he has a Stanley cup. Champion. He has a ring. Um, that's something that Andreas England doesn't have. He has a ton of veteran experience and teaching skills. That's something Andreas England doesn't have. Um, and so my initial reaction was like, okay, like interesting. Um, then I said, oh, I kind of called it cause I said Jack Johnson in one of my potential <laughs> trade, uh, acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it adds to the defensive depth. Um, but I'm in the same boat with you all is that I thought England had been doing a good enough job. Does it add defensive depth though defenseman. when you're swapping defenders? You know what and I'm that's saying? the thing too, yeah. is that like, it doesn't really add depth. Um, I feel like it just kind of adds another face and, I some, think some I kind of see the room yeah, sure. some leadership and it, it kind of adds um, some uh, to, to a trend that we've already seen this season. Avs bringing back old players. Um, we saw that with Nieto coming back and now we have Jack Johnson coming back. So look out Carl Soderberg and Patrick Nemeth, <laughs> yeah. uh, as, God, as no, Eddie, one of our God, other, no. as one, as Eddie, one of our other contributors said yeah. on Twitter, but yeah. um, you know, I, I understand I understand everybody like beefing at each other and not liking this trade. Like I I understand it. England younger had been doing just fine in the role he'd been. Um Jack Johnson had just kind of been 
abolished, I guess, to the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, and so now he hit, now he has the chance to to come back and try and do it again, right? right? I mean, even just even just talking to him in the in the locker room this morning, it seemed like that. You know, I didn't talk to him. I should clarify that. Other people talking to him in the locker room. Um, you know, it seemed like he was super excited to be back you know yeah why wouldn't you be energetic like yeah Yeah. energetic like ready ready to go at it again you know and so when you look at like the comparison of the two players right obviously the numbers aren't great four assists for jack johnson no goals same for england he just has three assists instead of four um that jack johnson has so the straight swap in and of itself isn't terrible like Obviously, you could have given up somebody different, um, and maybe that would have caused even more of a reaction out of people. But ultimately, I don't feel like it's a horrible move. After sleeping on it, because I was – after sleeping on it, I was like, it's not a horrible move. Like, especially now, because we know Curtis McDermott has a concussion. He's in protocol. Definitely, that changes it. He's out. That changes things. I would rather have Jack Johnson than Curtis McDermott, I feel like. And while those two are obviously, <laughs> and that too exactly. So, you know, I I think I can't. I'll wrap it up with this because I'm talking a lot. You're but uh, um, England, I feel like he's reached his ceiling with the abs. That's fair. I don't think he was. I don't think he was going to go much much farther than this. His potential he's, is to be what Jack a, Johnson already is, essentially, right? Exactly. And so, you know, he's a veteran AHLer. He'll get some games here and there in the NHL. Um, he'd done really well in his stint here in Colorado, and I'm happy that he did. And the the guys were really supportive around him, obviously, when it, especially when it came to fighting. Like, that's something that Jack Johnson probably isn't going to do, I don't think, or yeah. at least less of um, than England would. Um, but, you know, I just think he's re- – I think he reaches potential with the house, and I don't, I, I don't think Joe Sackick or Chris McFarlane thought he could do much more with them. Yeah. And so, you know, giving him to Chicago where he, he will probably get some more ice time and get some more opportunity in that team. Um, And then bringing on a veteran and someone who can be a leader in that locker room, especially with Landis still out. Um, You know, that's something that is going to be vital, vital for the abs. And we saw it during the playoff run last season when he filled in for Sam Gerrard. So for sure. Um, I don't, yeah, that's just going to be his role. Yeah, it's not going to be. He's not going to be a consistent starter. He will be that seventh defenseman. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with people thinking that this was the right move. I don't have people have like I don't have a problem with people thinking it was the wrong move because I feel like it's so inconsequential. It's the seventh <laughs> defender. You probably don't want either of these guys playing in the playoffs. So it's like I I kind of got in some trouble, and I'll share with you our free drop real quick. This morning I was on the on the Twitch feed of Altitude's morning show with Moser Lombardi and Kane, which is a wonderful program. I watch it or list at watch and listen every single day. Um, and I just mentioned, you know, like because Mo, Moser kind of lost it on Twitter last night, which rightfully so. Some of the things that people say are ridiculous, but I always say if you get mad at what you read on Twitter, it's akin to seeing shit on the ground and deciding to step in it instead of walking around it, like. If you're a pro, some of these things that get said, you just you breeze past it and and you shouldn't really pay attention. But it was paid attention to. So here's a little drop that Mosher gave us for free today. See if you can hear Mile this. High Hockey Lab. Now, I don't know if that means a retriever or like they're in the lab working on hockey. Okay. So just to be clear, we are not golden retrievers, although we are just as cute as they are. Um, and we <laughs> are talking about hockey in a lab i thought it was hilarious and you know my whole point was again this is inconsequential Mosier should not be as fired up as he is about seventh defenders and we shouldn't be as fired up maybe as we are about trading a guy like andreas england those two things can be true at the same time and i think that they are um but going to you ezra what's your reaction to the trade i know like you and jackie and i were probably the more vocal people about liking what surprisingly liking what we had seen out of Andreas Anglin recently. Yeah. My, my initial reaction in our uh, Slack channel, I just wrote, hate that. Yeah. I, do. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did initially. I hated it. Yeah. I, I, I like Anglin. I wanted to see him do well. And I thought he brings more to the table than Jack Johnson does. But um, there's a couple of reasons I've changed my mind. Um, 
first and foremost, he brings more to the table than Jack Johnson does on the ice, but maybe not in the locker room. And that does Agreed. matter. That does matter. Uh, he also does can bring more th- than Jack Johnson does at times, but he's not consistent. And Jack Johnson is consistently exactly Fair. who he is. He's not very good, but fine. Um, so there's a consistency issue there. There's a uh, a personality uh, benefit maybe from from Jack Johnson. I don't know Andreas England's personality, but I do know that listening to Bednar's presser this morning, everybody's thrilled to have Jack JJ Johnson back, person right. back on the team. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 good. That matters a lot. Uh, I don't think it's as, quite as inconsequential as as you're saying, Adrian, but I do think the, <laughs> that like, everybody's reaction to it is an overreaction for sure. I also was thinking about if the team was destined to bring back Jack Johnson, which it seemed like they were from the moment he signed. Why didn't we sign him? Well, no, I I think the reason they didn't sign him is because um, they didn't have cap space to sign him and bringing him back at the deadline is much cheaper than paying him the whole year. I I think there's logic there, but like if they were destined to bring him back eventually, then they had to give something to get him. Yeah. Right. And they didn't want to give draft picks. They had to give something. Andreas England is what they want. Then Andreas England is what they get because yeah. Andreas England ultimately that, be, it doesn't bring yeah, much yeah. Uh, to the table. So it, it's okay to lose him. That part of it where I'm like, this is a the opportunity cost of of trading Andreas England pretty for Jack Johnson is better than trading a yeah. fifth round pick or uh, you know <laughs> anyone else off the AHL roster really. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. Um, it does mean they're not going to swing for somebody who is a better fit for the team defensively mm-hmm. probably i was uh, going to say is there, there's still else. probably a hole in the defensive group right but that tells me that they do believe eric johnson will be back to the playoffs so i hope so yeah that's good that's good i don't know uh, you know it just if this is the final form of the defense that means they're They'd rather play Curtis McDermott than Andreas Englund, which I think we already knew, even though we disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're expecting Eric Johnson back for the playoffs. So that's good. Or they go out and bring in somebody else and we're all surprised and happy. But yeah. who knows? I, I honestly don't have an issue with this trade. I think it only makes sense. Like you're trading somebody who has the potential to be Jack Johnson for Jack Johnson. I just know that on paper when you see – 27 year old traded for 36 year old people are gonna go wait what (laughs) especially when you're paying two hundred thousand dollars more which i know that's literally nothing but when we're talking about being close to the cap it's it's really not literally nothing so prorated i think it is like literally nothing is it because it's two hundred thousand right for that's the, year. the difference in their salaries for the year, but then yeah. with the with the way the the salary cap rules work, prorated, I think the difference is like twenty five k. Yeah, so I, it's I nothing. So then it yeah, really yeah, is not nothing. Much. So that's why you don't yeah. sign him then, right? Right, but, exactly. Okay, that makes sense to me then. Well, like I said, it just it just makes sense. You're tra- you're trading potential for pedigree, and that's always the right thing to do when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup again. You know, so definitely. And you know, when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup having a similar group helps yeah that defense pretty much exactly the same as it is yep. when they won the cup last year um mm-hmm. and much better um without curtis mcdermott or andreas england in any way and i think that was also kind of the i my mind had started to turn after that too of like you know could england step in and play in the playoffs right because you know that's a much different, different beast than yeah than you know the nhl regular season would be right so just resolve wise like did we would never we wouldn't know if he had the resolve to last in playoffs until they came right whereas mm-hmm. with jack johnson if he doesn't show that resolve we'd be kind of surprised exactly and a theory i want to a theory i want to put out there i wonder if mcfarland or sackick or anybody had maybe tried to put mcdermott on that trade instead of england Oh man, uh, that would have been even more controversial. Because I of, mean, I I would have liked it more. I feel so like I would have liked it more it too, which better. means it would have been more controversial. Because the things well, that I like <laughs> seem to be incredibly controversial. But well, it's like I mean, I agree well, with you I, though. Like, why? What does England? What does McDermott have that England doesn't bring to the table? Pretty much exact. Yeah, like they're they're very similar players, and I bring that up too. Worst turnovers. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> competition <laughs> i i bring that up though because 
what if McDermott doesn't get hurt on Saturday yeah. in that fight with Lucic? Maybe he could is a he part have, of the deal, huh? Could he have been part of the deal? And was it just bad Dude, timing the, again? The people That's who love fights would have been absolutely lo- – the people who say that the Az are always too small every year. and not Oh, they would have hated enough, it. They would have lost their minds. That's really interesting. Something I was thinking about that to add to what made me come around on the trade is that if they were to put England through waivers, would he have gotten claimed? And is that why? Is it better to ship him out For sure. in the trade and put him on waivers to make room? Yeah, um, yeah. And in that scenario, I think that means I think the Avs front office is choosing McDermott over England. And I think I think they probably chose him. I think that that's their preference, really, yeah. uh, is McDermott over England, because again, with and and I honestly, McDermott's play has improved. He has yeah, you one he's... bad turnover every two games, <laughs> and it's brutal. And I want him out of the lineup. Don't get me wrong, but his actual like defense, <laughs> he's actually defense, improved. Yeah, he and yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like England better, obviously, but um, but uh, but yeah, I just think uh, the Astron office disagrees with me on that. Yeah, I agree. Like if it's England and McDermott. If that's the conversation, I take England, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll get, I'll get uh, clipped, and somebody will share that, and I can get blasted tonight. Well, the I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, Adrian. I'm with you. I agree with you. I would rather have England than McDermott. Yeah, especially I, in the it, scenario where, like, the defense if group sees injuries in the playoffs, and you have to call somebody up because, like, there's a reason McDermott didn't play a single second in last year's playoffs. It's because right. what he brings to the table isn't all that valuable come playoff time. And isn't that what this mm-hmm. is all about? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Jack Jack Johnson will bring you that that valuable, just simple play, consistent play, as, as Ezra said. That was a great point. Yeah. McDermott doesn't do that on a nightly mm-hmm. basis. Jack Johnson will. So I'm glad that he's back. I look forward to, to seeing what he can do. Um, and, you know, I – I'll, I'll kind of segue this too, just to touch on it briefly, because I know it has not really been touched on much at all for Malahai hockey's sake. Um, the defensive depth now, I guess you could say, is Jack Johnson, McDermott, and then Brad Hunt, Keaton, Brad Hunt. That's right, Brad Hunt, and then Keaton Middleton, Middleton. who apparently resigned for two years. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense to me either. So. <laughs> um he's anyway. pretty important he's been, in the ahl yeah it's yeah he's a steady ahl guy yeah so that's probably why he got the re-sign but i understand totally what you mean like that there still seems to be like there might be one one depth defender missing which is the other reason why i felt like another reason why it feels like mcdermott now keep in mind we don't know that uh they ever even wanted mcdermott you know what i mean it could be that they saw that they see that what we see in McDermott and, and he was never even on the table, but in that situation, it's like McDermott hard, like he he'll play forward every once in a while. And usually that's, that's appealing. But for me, it's like, not really when we need depth defenders, we need guys who are just defensemen, people who focus on that, especially in that six and seven, eight D role, somebody like Jack Johnson, who's going to make the consistent play, not a guy who could fight a dude after one of your superstars gets hit in the head. So it but just, also doesn't yeah. do that. Right. Yeah. But also doesn't do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he could. He, he yeah. doesn't. He just nobody wants to fight him. Bless his but, soul um, for fighting Milan Lucic, though. Dear God. Yeah. Yeah. I, which I'm sorry. Look, I, I know I know fighting's good. I hope I wish Curtis McDermott well. I don't want him to be injured. But why did you do that? Yeah. Why would you take that bait? You're only letting Calgary get some juice. Yeah. That, like they needed to get back in the game. They That's wanted why to you to fight in like, that scenario. All right, man, yeah. we'll give you a shot. Don't do it's, that. Yeah. God. It's funny. It, it's yelling funny, at though. my TV. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, so I, I was in the crowd for this one. I was way up high and it happened right in front of me, like looking down. I had said maybe, you know, 10, 15 minutes earlier to, to my partner who was there with me. I tell her, I told her, Watch if this game keeps going the way it's going, Lucic is going to go after McDermott or England. And what did I say? Bada bing, bada boom. Cash that check, run it all the way to the bank. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it it was. De- I mean, of course, I was I was a fan and sober at the time. I promise. But I was like, <laughs> get his ass, get his ass, get his ass. Uh, just because you know it's fun to to experience that yeah. in in person. But sure. um, you know, I. 
looking back on it, yeah, that was a fight he should not have taken. Um, yeah. and yeah. you know, now now he's got two two big shiners. So hopefully he does well and again it circles back to my theory of what if it was mcdermott going instead of england that's scary uh, stuff right trade. there though man so Luchich with his like hunchback and he's like oh yeah i'm gonna like that dude like even just holding on to him i would be frightened like even if he was <laughs> even if i was just getting a piggyback ride from him i would be frightened much less if he was trying to punch me in the face repeatedly so it's like i outside of just dragging calgary back into a fight that they seemed like they didn't really want to be in it's just not a good idea to fight milan lucic just just being real um i don't care who you are and i know that's what they said about ryan reeves before mcdermott beat ryan reeves but i bet you if he bought ryan reeves again it might be different that's just how it goes with those heavyweight dudes it's it's pretty much who gets caught first and that guy's gonna go down so God, yeah. I mean, I guess hats it's, hats off for giving it a go. Since yeah. we that's really all I can say. Game, um, what did you guys think of the McKinnon backland thing? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It's typical McKinnon to get pissed by a sort of clean hit. But, yeah, I thought but, it was a clean hit. <laughs> but, well, the the thing is, is it rung around the arena like like I it was I was in the opposite it was in the opposite loud corner where I was. It was loud, and you know I. I don't blame him, but like then again, Mac, that was you don't need to be doing that. Yeah, you're bro. up, you're we, up three to one. You, yeah. You're comfortable. Like you already saw what happened with McDermott and Lucic. You don't want to give him momentum either. And if I'm not mistaken, too, I saw on Twitter afterwards, Backlund hasn't fought in ten years. No, no. So Backlund like a, he was never going to take that. Dude. And yeah, I mean that that hit was like borderline. The thing with Miko, where he it's a little pushed high. him down later, yeah, that... was I, I get why people are annoyed about that. But like, Backlund is not a dude whose reputation is headhunting or anything. No, yeah, and that and the thing too with that Rantanen hit, he also was at was going after Bo before that too, and his elbow also came up on Bo, and that's yeah. probably what pissed off everybody because yeah. we obviously know the the issues that Bo has had with his concussions. Was and things Backlund like that, so. in Arizona when the helmet toss happened? No, Backlund's been that was, for his whole career. Yeah. Okay, okay. That that was uh why why am I forgetting who it was? Why, I, um, why do I feel like I've seen him in, in Maroon? But I just maybe. thought it was funny that that like McKinnon like dude, was it not just last year where we were shitting bricks wondering if you're gonna come back in time with a broken hand for the playoffs? Like maybe oh, not. That's right. I forgot maybe, about that. Maybe not. <laughs> it's the same reaction I had when Bone Byram fought that other dude that he played a lot of college hockey against and stuff. Oh, that's right. I'm like, yeah. guy, Middleton. maybe not. Don't maybe don't do this stuff. And I get it. Like it's the passion of the game. Like you get hit in a way that you perceive as kind of cheap. Like you don't want that to go unspoken for. But man. You're you're clearly right now the most important player on the Avalanche team. Do not get hurt. So just <laughs> just just swallow your pride a little bit in that scenario, especially against the guy who hasn't fought in ten years. You're probably yeah. just gonna ragdoll him anyway. We all know yeah. it. So yeah. just just keep doing what you did at the start of that Calgary game and just rush in and score, please. Yeah, he did yeah, that. He did, like, that, he did that a lot on two Saturday games in night. a row. He actually did that two two games in a row where he's well not mm-hmm. in the first twenty seconds, but he scored the first goal for the two straight contests. So on on the first shot of the game, yeah, betting betting people sounds like a sounds like a pretty safe bet these days. But um, that'll that, that's kind of a cool segue. We didn't really touch much on the Cadre stuff. Um, the tribute video was pretty cool, man. That was it was um, you could tell it meant a lot to Kadri. You could also see him like looking up in the rafters before the game and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. What did you think of it, Ezra? I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I, I love seeing, I love seeing it. I'm, I'm more curious to hear what Evan thought, you know, you were actually there. What was it like yeah, being in the that's a good point? Oh, it was arena. I mean, I, I already knew coming in that it was going to be an emotional night for everybody. Um, and, you know, of course, as, as soon as the first TV time I have it, I'd immediately pulled up my phone and recorded it because I knew it was going to be great. Yeah. Um, I was praying, just praying. I was like, please just send tweet. Please just send tweet <laughs> uh, in there. Uh, but um, no, it was emotional. It was really great. Um, as that video kind of progressed, I mean, everyone, everyone knew immediately. They just started cheering. But then, you know, as moments came up, as as the Bennington ordeal um, was shown, yeah. as as it was shown that, um, you know, he's lifting the cup and scoring that goal against Vasilevsky in game four over time, um, you know, it just kept getting louder and louder and brighter and brighter. And it was, it was such a great moment. 
um, for everybody there. Super emotional. Probably the most appreciated and loved player return maybe the Avs have ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming yeah. back to play in Denver for the first time, and that's that's really meaningful, and that's super super awesome. And you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, honestly, if Kadri scores, I might like stand up and clap like I was thinking about it um like that's just how loved and appreciated he is here in Denver and I'm probably wasn't the only one in the arena who thought that like those that would have been really neat and I think it also kind of it it also helped cement my stance more because when Kadri took a penalty in the third um you know every of course everyone saw the arm go up heard the whistle like oh yeah we're going on the power play going on the power play and then they hear Calgary number 91 two minute hooking everyone goes oh <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome like legit everyone in there went that's oh so no cool. yes. uh, so oh, good on um, Mavs fans and and he was he was also he also received plenty of attention too in in the penalty box I looked down there it was probably had to be about 10 people just taking pictures of him right That's there cool. in, the, in the penalty box. So still very much love, still very much appreciated. Um, I'm glad I was able to to see that all unfold. I'm definitely not going to forget everybody going, oh, when an opposing yeah. player takes <laughs> the, the box. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great story right there. I, uh, I was pretty excited to see, like, I know that the, like the group, they're so close. And it's pretty funny to me to think, like, remember when they did the – banner raise against chicago they actually brought jack johnson out to see Mm -hmm. it in a in a blackhawks jersey and i'm like dang we should have just flown codry out in his calgary jersey and done that too (laughs) because that would have been awesome but yeah that was kind of like like you said one of the coolest receptions a returning former avalanche has ever gotten i don't know about all time though because i wonder if if forsberg got a pretty big one when he was a flyer Um, that's what i was wondering too a blue I, deck. Too. I was going to yeah. say I was maybe what six when that happened. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I'll outside of that, that's pretty much all I can think of is, is maybe him or. It, I mean, it would Drury, be Forsberg, maybe. I think. Maybe Drury yeah. too. I don't know. Drury maybe. Yeah. I mean, I was I was there. I was in the building for Matthew Shane's first game back. That was um, the opposite. In 2018, <laughs> I I cheered. I cheered. I had there a were, sign. It was, it was a mix. I had a sign that said. Matt Duchesne's Uber rating, and it was a half a star. So <laughs> I was that guy. Oh man! Wow. So yeah, no. But I, I think just to kind of wrap it all up, Naz, we still love you. Yeah. We still really miss you and appreciate you. Everything you did in Dead first. So if that wasn't shown Duchesne, already, I'm glad you've matured a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he even takes Ubers in Nashville anymore. I bet he's got a driver and a. And had no talking claws on the on arrival, but <laughs> I, I feel like with the cadre, like you were talking about his game winning goal, that was like super obviously one of the biggest game winning goals in Avalanche history. How funny is it? Does it feel like to you guys that we kind of were robbed of like one of the coolest reactions and celebrations, or does it add to the fact that we couldn't tell it was a goal right away in that situation? Hmm. It adds to the fact uh, because Bo was sprinting down the ice, screaming (laughs) it's in and like pointing at it. Um, And then the ESPN one, it's like you can hear guys going, are we sure? Are we sure? Are we sure? (laughs) It's hilarious. It it adds to the charm, I feel like. It adds to the charm and I feel like it just kind of adds to Naz's legacy as a whole. Yeah. Things things happen to him all the time. We saw it with all the suspensions (laughs) that he's gotten his way his time in toronto ended um and this is how his time in colorado ends yep. unique and and different out of the ordinary uh than maybe it would have otherwise so well i know it's 4 30 but i'm gonna keep you guys just a little bit longer because i do want to preview tonight's game because i feel like tonight's game is probably the most important regular season game of of the year so far um essentially the reason i feel that way is because the abs are only five points out of First in the West, something that they probably didn't foresee a few weeks ago. Uh, Ezra, since you kindly passed on the question last time, are you worried about facing the Knights in the playoffs? And is this kind of a preview of that? What's your take? I don't think worried is the right right word. I think think it'd be a fun matchup. I think it'd be a good matchup. I think um, 
uh, I, I just feel very good about this Avalanche team still. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't really feel like I have a lot of worry about any of the West playoff teams as far as uh, actually losing go. I think the, Vegas is a chance of stretching it to a long series, and they could win, definitely. I'm not saying I think it's a, a lock for Colorado to be, sweep all these teams or anything, but I just I just feel good about the squad, and I, and I don't feel great about anybody else in the West except maybe Dallas, depending on who they add, but we'll see. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this matchup is, is a tell is very telling more than it is, um, anything else where if the avalanche are able to do what they did to Winnipeg to Vegas, then I think we know that this Pretty avalanche strong statement. is fully, fully back. Yeah. Um, and if they're able to do what they did to, to, uh, to, 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 was it Tampa with the comeback, the, the, the six, five comeback? On Edmonton. RT? Edmonton. Edmonton, thank yeah. you. Uh, I knew it was a blue team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, they, if they're able to do it to, uh, to what they did to Edmonton, even that that says something too. Uh, and if they lose, that just says you know there's more work to be done, which mm-hmm. is which is fine. But uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for the game for sure. Yeah, and they and the I think the Knights are going to go with Aiden Hill in that, and I feel like maybe that's kind of where they might be a little vulnerable with the Robin Leonard situation kind of playing out the way it has, um, and then obviously the way they traded Mark Andre Fleury overnight without telling him evan are you in the same uh, of the same opinion like maybe goaltending is where the knights might be lacking and double down that question to you like are you worried about that matchup no certainly goaltending is definitely where they falter i mean with the with the lot with the leonard situation and obviously flurry as you already said that's that is their weak point um now they have actually done really well this year that the goal mm-hmm. that goaltending duo of Hill and, and Lauren Brossois, like they, that's been really, it's been a good duo. It's worked for and them. Logan Thompson um, and Logan also, and Logan Thompson yeah. too. Yeah. Like that, that's an underrated like trio. I feel like that okay. the Vegas has out there. Um, it's worked well for them. Um, and in terms of facing them in the playoffs, it would definitely be a super exciting matchup. They would, they would definitely want revenge for, 2021 um mckinnon would be angry as hell yeah. you know wanting wanting to get vegas um out of his sights really so um it'd be fun it'd be exciting i'd look forward to that that'd be a great series um it would definitely i feel like it would draw some eyeballs away from the bloodbath that will be the eastern conference finals um when if they meet in the in the final or in the second round however it all plays out whatever um but um yeah that's something i would i would look forward to um i mean i just i just want this it's kind of a diversion but i just want to have seattle just just give us just cool. give us abs yeah. in seattle that'd be such a fun series they're in trouble be, though in my mind for that. i think they're in trouble because i yeah. feel like yeah because everybody in the east is starting to win and i and a team they're like to me they're like the jets of the east like they look like oh they'll be in the playoffs what a cool thing bada, bada, bada. I know, but I mean, like, just in terms of how they're landing in the division, like Winnipeg looked like a shoe in to be in one of those three divisional spots. Right now, that's not really the case, and I feel like the same is true for Seattle. Like, they looked like they were going to win uh, one of those three Pacific spots, but now we got Edmonton yeah. kind of coming up. Calgary still hasn't made a move, but they totally could. So that's that's interesting. Um, just to the get perk, back the perks of six points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the Western Conference in the <laughs> well, top eight. To get back to your McKinnon point, though, about wanting to beat Vegas, I feel like, and this will this will lead us into some predictions because I think Evan, you wanted to end the show on some predictions, but <laughs> <clears throat> um, I feel like the Avs will win at least one series in a game seven because it's the only thing that they haven't done with Nathan McKinnon. Did you know he's never won a game seven? So, and. I just feel like it, to cement his legacy, that's just something he's got to do. And I think it burns in the back of his mind whether or not he likes to admit it. So maybe my prediction is that the Avs will beat Vegas in seven in some playoff series. So <laughs> I like that. I didn't yeah. think about that. I mean, they haven't had to go to a game seven since 2020. Yeah, so that's nice, I kind of but... I had the feeling that they were going to lose to Tampa last year and have to win that game seven because it just felt like well, there's one more thing that you still haven't proved. So yeah, that would have been poetic. I, yeah, I definitely thought that with the Blues with that game after before that, the the St. Louis Blues killing goal that Helm did, um, <laughs> which was so. which was like 
like like the the matrix broke a couple of days ago because we saw almost an exactly the same I know. goal from the abs yeah. with the new hook goal. So, all right, well then let's get into your guys' bold predictions. Ezra, what's yours? Oh, bold prediction. Um, I think uh, um, I think we're not going to see another goal on the level of Malgan's goal, but I think we're going to have something beautiful out of the depth scoring. Uh, that was gorgeous. Out of scoring this game. Yeah, that was Such a really a great play. Goal. I was like, Nathan McKinnon, is that you? Right. <laughs> same. That's exactly the same thing I said. And I didn't want to say that on Twitter because I didn't want to be like a like a butthead and be like, oh, Melgan's just not capable. Look at Nathan McKinnon. But it, that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> it sure did. Yeah. Mal- uh, Malgin is actually, capable. He's he's very capable. He just doesn't have uh, the defensive side of the game to, yeah. to generate those chances for himself. But um, but the, this uh, Jack Johnson scored in his first game. Yeah. As a- I think he scores in his first game back. That's, That's a genius one. I wish I could bet on it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just realized what it should have been and I said it. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Lucky. Dang. Okay. Well, I have to think of a new one then, real quick. Hold I'm on. I'm so sorry. I'm a glutton. I take all the, all the bold predictions. Well, now you, have to, now you have to predict that he has a hat trick. <laughs> all right well uh, now you gotta well, come up with a new one right on okay, the spot. okay okay i'll, I'll okay. say some more to give you time to think <laughs> i'll take some more of yours while you think <laughs> uh let's see another bold prediction um you know i've been liking matt nieto's play he's been really good um he's been really good i've been enjoying his play um from that bottom six and it kind of adds to that depth scoring that you were talking about ezra um I think um, I think he gets two goals when he plays his former teammate Timo Meyer when the Devils come to town. On nice, Wednesday. I like that one. Nice. He outscores Timo. I like that one. Well, thank you, yeah. gentlemen. Um, I do want to end the show by making sure everybody knows that on trade deadline day we will be doing a podcast. Essentially, you'll just be looking into my office while I watch <laughs> TSN with you kind of react to some of the trades that have already happened i got some fun avalanche trivia coming at you so if you're bored and at work you know come watch me and and help contribute maybe you'll win something i'm thinking of having some people call in and join the zoom chat and 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 risk it for that biscuit um (laughs) so yeah we have a lot of fun stuff in store i think we'll be on air from at least 8 to 10 50 ish we're kind of in the talks of keeping the podcast rolling the broadcast rolling as long as we can through the deadline um i will be going to a nuggets game that night though so i'm pretty excited for that but yeah tune in (laughs) tune in here at the mile high hockey lab on trade deadline day we're going to have your avalanche focused trade talks uh, mostly going to focus in on who's available and who the as might go after and hope to god an avalanche trade hits somewhere on that day otherwise you're going to be seeing me playing tic-tac-toe on my whiteboard um (laughs) but yeah Thank you to gentlemen Ezra and Evan for joining me today. This is the Mile High Hockey Lab. I'm going to also make you listen to Mosier one more time because I just love the <laughs> fact that he gave us a free drop. And I got to get the whole name right. Mile High Hockey Lab. Nailed Not it. what that means. Like a retriever or like they're in the lab working you, on Moj. hockey. Yeah, right. we love you, Mosier. Don't, don't take any of my shenanigans to heart, buddy. Uh, go Avs. We hope that they beat the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and share with all of your fellow Avalanche fans. I'm Adrian Hernandez. On behalf of the Mile High Hockey Lab, thanks for watching. Mile High Hockey Lab.